John, another feel-good pod, you and me. Who's up? Who's down? And Andrew, let's talk ESPN DTC, the future of rights deals, the NFL, and hopefully no math. Right, Tony Romo? I got to set the scene first. The Patriots just scored a TD to pull within three of the Raiders pending the extra point. I've always wondered in this situation right here, if you go for, you can go for one, and obviously you make it where a field goal wins the game. It's a really good job, and Bennett's late. He needed to fit that gap sooner on the edge, the corner. But I always thought if you go for two and you get it, Jim, then you can be really aggressive on defense, and if they score, you're still down eight points. You got a chance with the ball. It's a Madden decision. You, know, you got it. I, I, I like this play right here. Ryland, because now you went over the field goal. It's true. And we're back. The Marshand and Oran Sports Media Podcast. I'm Andrew Marshand, sports media columnist for the New York Post. He's John Oran, the media reporter for the Sports Business Journal. John, uh, we're going to have Eli Manning on this week. You are traveling. You're too big. Uh, so, Eli, we said we got to postpone because John is traveling. Uh, so, hopefully, we'll get Eli on a different time. I'm uh, doing this pod from the YouTube Theater at SoFi Stadium. I'm in one of the dressing rooms here. I'm, I'm, I'm living the life, man. Look at you. Uh, you know, the, they, they have the blue M&Ms, uh, I heard you. you no, no, I, they, got, they got rid of them on my request. Oh, only no blue M&Ms. Okay, let's do it. Who's up? Who's down? Start us off, man. Am I who's up? Dick Vital of ESPN. He received the okay uh, to use his voice again after seven months as he recovered uh, from cancer uh, treatment. And Dick Vital, silent for seven months. The world needs Dickie V saying uh, baby and diaper dandy, etc. cetera. Uh, so tremendous news this week of Vital getting the okay uh, from doctors. And his plan is to be courtside maybe as early as late next month uh, to do games. Uh, so that is tremendous news uh, for everybody uh, to, to hear Dickie V talking again. Uh, and it's a miracle, baby, that he could be silent for seven months. Let's, let's How about that? That's incredible. That's a great who's up. My who's up, I'm going to stay with ESPN. Uh, just on Tuesday, Chris LaPlaca, the longtime communications guru for ESPN, announced his retirement. And what a career. 43 years at ESPN. He's run the communications department for the last 15. And since we started doing the pod, he's been writing us weekly reviews of everything that we say. Chris, I hope you still are able to do that. Uh, look, uh, ESPN's communications department is going to have a completely different look and feel no matter who replaces Chris. Of course, back in April, we spent a lot of time talking about Mike Soltis, another long time, I think, 43-year employee that uh, that left the uh, communications department. Now it's La Placa. Internally, there are people, Josh Krulowitz certainly will, has to be considered. Katina Arnold has to be considered. Maybe Disney decides that they want to get somebody from Disney in there. Nobody knows where this is uh, going, but I, I think I'm, I'm going to put words in your mouth as I like to do, Andrew. I think we're both big fans of Chris, uh, somebody who advocated strongly for ESPN, and ESPN's going to miss having him around. And Bob Raisman, longtime media columnist, sports media columnist for the Daily News, had a good line nobody better to be yelled at than by Chris LaPlaca. <laughs> and everybody's gotten yelled at by the Sicilian tempered Chris LaPlaca. 
Uh, happy trails for for Chris, but as he texted after to me, he's not going anywhere yet. So uh, we still get the reviews. John, my who's down is Sam Flood, NBC Sports's executive producer. Uh, NBC they struggled on Saturday uh, for Notre Dame and USC, and it started with the booth. Jack Collinsworth and Jason Garrett. I said this about Collinsworth when he first started at the Notre Dame job. He doesn't have the experience that you need uh, to to be in that role, uh, to be a play-by-player. He's a young guy, Chris Collinsworth's son. Uh, but the the idea is not that you're young or someone's son. It's that he he just doesn't feel natural in that role because he hasn't done enough games uh, to be on that level. And then you have a inexperienced game analyst in Jason Garrett who started last year uh, and, and they've done some games, some USFL games as well. Uh, and I actually think Garrett, what he actually says is not that bad. Um, I think there's something to work with. It's just, he's uh, very low energy, a little robotic. And so I think that gets lost maybe with a more experienced play by play guy. He might come across a little better. Flood obviously has had a lot of success in his career. Even if you look at the big 10 team he put together with Noah Eagle and Todd Blackledge, uh, they got that one right. That one's been a success. My who's down, Andrew, I'm going with Steven Espinoza, who is the president of Showtime Sports, or he will be the president of Showtime Sports for only a couple more months because uh, news broke on Tuesday that Paramount is shutting down Showtime Sports. It's uh, no longer going to exist as a brand. Uh, Showtime, the channel, still will have some sports uh, that on, on it, that will all be produced and come from CBS Sports, which really actually makes a lot of sense. If you think about it, CBS Sports, is they produce for, uh, for cable on CBS Sports Network They produce uh, and Nickelodeon, of course. They produce on streaming for uh, Paramount+. Plus. It makes sense that they, they would also produce a sports for, you know, their, their sister company there. But it is the end of, of a long, I think 1986 was when uh, Showtime Sports started. It made its name in boxing corporate fights that it had against uh, HBO Sports in, in, in the boxing realm were something to behold early in my career covering uh, the, the media business. And it's uh, I think it's going to be um, striking not to have Showtime Sports as sort of a part of the uh, lexicon. And it just shows, shows how we're moving forward, which takes us to our first topic. Andrew, your uh, newsletter, which comes out Monday mornings. I read it every Monday morning, Andrew. New York post sports plus newsletter uh, had a, a story you're more convinced than ever that espn is going to go direct to consumer in 2025 we're going to get our old argument going i just just so you know tell me why you're so convinced well of course because of people i speak to uh that's number one uh number two is you can just tell where the momentum's going they're trying to set everything up also in that story uh i reported that Ideally, what Disney wants to do for ESPN is have two partners, a mobile partner and a digital partner. So you're talking about Verizon or AT&T on the mobile side. There's others, of course. Um, and then on the digital side, this would be the big one, Apple, maybe Amazon. Uh, but those type of players, you combine those two. Why do you do that? Because you want to win distribution. Uh, that's where, the, you know, where We've talked about before, historically, that's how media companies um, are victorious, dating back to the printing press, the ability to get you know information to people. You know Now the entry level to do that is very low, uh, but there's still big advantages if you're with an Apple or Verizon, and if you can be with both. And then 
25 instead of 26. Uh, you know, I've said by 26, that's going to happen. Um, but now I'd say I put the heavy money on 25 um, for uh, ESPN, the mothership to be direct to consumer. A couple of things. One is in terms of the, of, of who's going to take a stake in, in ESPN, they're talking as, as we've all reported to everybody. They're talking to, you know, leagues, they're talking to venture capital, they're talking to digital, they're talking to, to uh, you know, the Verizon's of the world as well. I understand why ESPN would want to do a deal with, with Apple or Amazon. I really do struggle with why Amazon or Apple would, would want to invest in what Amazon and Apple see as a, as a, a business that is, if not dying, it's on a downswing, you know, investing into, you know, cable television and, and, uh, and investing, which, you know, we, we talk about cord cutting all the time. Well, look, here's the thing about Apple. Apple is always the one everyone points to. They're going to buy this. They're going to buy that. And they don't generally buy that much. So that's a good argument against Apple, right? They're just always, they can do it themselves. That said, Apple, from what we know and believe, and Eddie Q made some comments recently in GQ um, where he kind of validated what we've been saying for a long time in terms of the fact that they want everything kind of like obviously the MLS deal. Um, and then if they had done the PAC 12 uh, contract, you know, that's what would have been everything as well. That doesn't really work though with all these leagues. Um, and even if it does work, it's going to take them 10 years to do that at least, right? You can't get the NFL for a long time. Now they could get the NBA, but it wouldn't be everything. So if you want to speed up that timeline, the best way to do it would be to have a relationship with ESPN. Second best might be some kind of Fox sports, relationship, I would say. But uh, number one would be ESPN. Uh, and so that's why, I mean, if you're Amazon as well, they have identified sports as somewhere where there's growth potential for their products. Again, ESPN has this amazing menu of live sporting events that just aren't available. And even if you do the plan that I just said, right, let's just say uh, Apple and Amazon um, want to buy up more sports, there's no guarantee you're going to be able to do that, right, on your own. Um, if you do it with uh, ESPN, uh, you already know that these are the sports you're leasing and you have your foothold into maybe dominating that next frontier of video viewing uh, in relation to sports and where that growth is. Um, you could maybe not own it, but you could have the largest stake in it, at least over the next 10 years, and then going forward be well positioned. Yeah, my view is that Apple and Amazon – and really, uh, uh, Google, YouTube, and, and Netflix as well have, have shown to be incredibly fiscally disciplined when it comes to the, the, these types of deals. Uh, and if they have to wait for a couple of years for you know the NBA deal to come up or wait a couple more years for the SEC deal to come up, that, that they'll do it. On the other point about when ESPN is going to take its mothership direct-to-consumer which I feel like we, we both know this, but we, we should say it doesn't mean that it's going to go to direct consumer and, and, and you're not going to be able to subscribe to a cable or satellite uh, bundle and, and still get it. Crystal Plaka having an impact as he retires to make sure you got that in there. I want to go, Andrew, to Del Frisco's in Midtown. Okay. And I'm going to I'm going to order a porterhouse, I believe. Okay. On this 2026. Uh, I'm going to put your double. No, no, no. The bet is five years. I just, cause I'm now saying 25, this bet is still, I still have through 26. You can't just move no, up. We started, we started this pod two years ago. We're going to have to look at the starting data. Yeah, of the no, it, it's going to it, like it's a year and a half ago. No, it was two years ago in October. Okay. That's still 21. That's the 26. Uh, yep. So, 
Here, here's why and it was it's in not... September, October. By the time we got lawyers, they got they gave us a name. Yeah, we went yeah, through, you know, 100 we, names. We're, go, we're going to AC. He's going to be the referee. AC Wyatt, our uh, our, our producer. You on just, this. this is what you just tried to do. We have a bet. Yeah, and you went to 2025. So now I took the I took the over. I know, but you know, it doesn't mean you get to change the bet. Now, th- th- this is the whole point: is that <laughs> is that ESPN they can't go in 2025. The deal that the ESPN did with Charter. Is is the deal that sort of makes makes it more likely that they're going to go direct to consumer, but they still have to turn around and do those deals. That that same deal they did with Charter, they have to do those deals with Directv. They have to do those deals with Comcast, and they have to wait for for all of that to happen. So I, I understand why they want to go a little bit earlier. You want to make but, a separate bet? Oh, oh, so, so I'm not um, going to do like I'm not just going to change the like, first bet like if to be golfing. less advantageous unless you're going to throw something in there. This is golfing, so we're going to press on it then. So okay. I, I got, I'll take 2026. You take 2025. No, that's not the bet. All right, we'll talk off there. <laughs> no, it just doesn't make any sense. We're boring people, but like you, you're changing the bet so it's more advantageous. It's the same bet. If you have 2025, I'm taking the over. I'm staying. Uh, I'm staying with that. Right, I'll stick 2025, and we'll make a separate bet. We'll have All two right. bets. There's All right, take dinners on the table now. Del Frisco's man, Del Frisco's. Well, we'll do, do maybe do sushi for one of them. A nice fancy uh, yeah. <laughs> sushi place. All right, sushi time. Well, I'm getting some sushi and a max. Oran predictions for future rights deal. That's ne- that's our next topic. Uh, you had a uh, your newsletter, SBJ Media. That's what SBJ we call SBJ Media. Uh, you said we went. You went through down all the different deals that are up. Let's just quickly go through them um, and where the Oran crystal ball is right now. Let's start with the biggest one, in my opinion, the NBA. Right now, the crystal ball with the NBA is, uh, is hazy. That's, 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 the only one that, that's the only one that I hedged on because the, he, the, the whole idea is that next spring, the uh, exclusive negotiating window with Turner and with ESPN is up. We know how fast everything moves w- within a year or so. As of right now, I believe that Turner's going to renew. I, I think Turner has made moves that they want to renew. I, I, you know, they just announced on Monday that they're selling NBA games or they're carrying NBA games in the UK and Ireland, uh, which shows that, like, you know, if the NBA and, and Turner are at odds, they wouldn't have had that. That's it's a small deal, but it's it, it was one that sort of made me sort of arch my eyebrow a little bit. Uh, so I believe both of them are going to renew. I believe the NBA wants to set up a third package and it wants to sell that third package to a streamer. And is Apple going to step up? Is Amazon going to step up? Right now, I would say Amazon is clearly in in the lead. But what happens if Apple decides we want to buy everything and we're going to, we're going to pay a handsome price because we, we, we love the, the NBA content and we'll be able to take it worldwide. The one thing about the NBA is that they, they celebrate, the move that they made back in, I think it was 2001, when David Stern went from broadcast TV to cable and everybody talked about, you know, what, what, what a bold move that was. Why would you leave broadcast TV for this little, little uh, you know, cable bundle? So that's part of the uh, NBA's DNA. Could they look at, at something like Apple? Like they could. I, I just think it's... it's... So wait, you're saying the whole enchilada Apple? Uh, no, that's not my prediction. I'm just saying that. The, the, but they're, is they're, that even possible though with the regional sports rights deals? They can work work around. They can f- figure that out. They're trying to, you know, the, the Diamond Sports is is in bankruptcy now. 
they, they have the ability to, you know, take some rights back or whatever. I mean, if, if they end up getting a, a big number, they could. I'm not I'm not saying that they they can't negotiate yet, but these are all potential things to, to that, that, that are going to come out in the spring that we don't know. We, we don't know yet. We can't see yet because they're st- stuck now just having to talk to ESPN and Turner. All right. I think, look, Apple, I, I like Amazon over Apple for a weeknight. That said, I there is a very close relationship between Eddie Q um, and the NBA. Obviously, they have the money. I do not think they're going to get the whole thing. I'd be surprised. I think that'd be a shocking move uh, by the NBA uh, because I think you want to have as many partners going forward. I think you want you want to have as many partners going forward to have as many bets you're placing than if you just go with Apple because although I do think that could work very well, it doesn't definitely work. And I just don't know why you would take that risk um, if you're the NBA. Let's throw another what if out there. What if Disney sells ABC and, and all of a sudden ESPN doesn't have that broadcast component. We know the NBA wants broadcast. You know, it's uh, there, there are so many unknowns right now with the NBA that, that I just find that really difficult to handicap. All right, so good job handicapping. First one, uh, no handicap. All you right. picked the one that, I, that I, I put last in the newsletter. <laughs> I know, it's the most interesting. We're going most interesting here. All right, let's move to the college football expanded playoffs. You and your newsletter totally dissed me, didn't even mention uh, WBD Sports, which I had uh, put a headline on the week prior. Um, Amazon, we both agree, is a player in there. ESPN, of course, and Fox. Where do the expanded playoffs go? Are you saying that... SBD does not quote Andrew Marchand enough. No, you do not. You do. You do. do. It's very nice. Right now, ESPN has the uh, the rights for the next two years. I see him staying with ESPN. I find it hard to believe that anybody's going to come in and bid for those sort of early round games. Uh, I think within two years, I expect ESPN and Fox will still want to plant the flag with uh w- with college football i think they're going to try to keep amazon out the one caveat that i have to that though is espn and fox they already have all the college football that that they need in order to drive affiliate deals mm. which is really the only thing that that these networks are, really care about when they make these sports deals right now so th- does that create an opening for for amazon uh it could that that's something to watch there or WBD Sports. I kind of hope that happens now just because I said it. I I agree. It doesn't work as as well as the others, but I do think there are players in there. All right, before we move to the next topic, uh, NASCAR, what do we think with them? NASCAR, I I mean, everything you've heard as well, they're they're, going to almost certainly sticking with Fox, sticking with NBC. The only big question out right now is with that six-race package in the middle of the season, They've been talking with Amazon. Amazon really hasn't budged off their initial offer on that. Uh, they've brought in uh, Warner Brothers Discovery Sports uh, to, uh, to talk about that. I could see it going either way. If I like, I have it at 50-50, but if, if you're going to uh, hold a gun to my head, I'll, I'll say that uh, WBD Sports ends up getting it. Okay, so there's one for WBD Sports. All right, let's get to topic three. And a story that you broke about Pat McAfee. So your story had uh, uh, Pat McAfee paying Aaron Rodgers handsomely uh, over a million dollars. Your story also had Pat McAfee quoted within the story as uh, as telling you that 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 he pays uh, Aaron Rodgers that. What else do you have on that, Andrew? Well, he, well, here's you know the story, and and the significance is the the numbers are very high. I mean, he also was paying Nick Saban 
uh, seven figures as well. Um, and all the guests. Now, this isn't necessarily unusual in terms of paying uh, for interviews. Um, in New York, for example, the Yankee manager has been paid you know, for years on radio and then recently by John Boy, the podcast company, um, in the quarter million a year range for 15 minutes a week. Uh, Eli Manning got paid a buck 25, uh, 125,000 by the local uh, radio stations when he was here. The Rogers numbers, wait, though, wait are a second. we were going to pay Eli how much to appear on this? More money, more money, more money. Eli was going to do that for free. I mean, here, that's the precedent here. Like, do are people going to be like, well, we need money for this? Um, <laughs> and we'll be like, no, <laughs> nobody gets paid on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> nobody's making money off this podcast. The numbers are the ones that are eye popping. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers uh, has, you know, in, in Pat's words that he said to me, uh, been a good investment for him. He's been important for them uh, in terms of the value uh, for McAfee's company. Um, and he said the direct quote was Aaron has made over $1 million with us for sure. So he didn't fully confirm my more than a million dollars per year is what he's paying him, which is what he's paying him uh, now. Look, from McAfee's point of view, you know, this is good business. It's smart business. Um, and I don't think, you know, the, the story I wrote did not argue against that. Uh, it's Aaron Rodgers has been very much in the news and it's been on the McAfee show. Most importantly, you know, if he was going to retire or not. And then when he came to the Jets, those all happened on the McAfee show. So uh, for McAfee, he looks at his money well spent. The only real question that, that I have about this is like, you know, McAfee pays his guests and we know people do pay guests. There's nothing really outrageous about that. Does ESPN, do their studio shows, do they pay guests? You know, I mean, generally that's not the practice. Here's the difference. You know, Pat McAfee's not a journalist. I mean, I don't think anybody thinks he's a journalist. No, right? he's a, but, but he's a, he's a, a, a studio host and they have other studio hosts there as well. Well, you know, it's a fine line. Like what yeah, I I'm not, to... by the way, I'm, I'm not making a journalist like, oh, he's a journalist. He shouldn't pay. I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering if this is standard for, for ESPN studio shows. Oh, no. I mean, no, I, I don't think really anybody gets paid. I mean, I guess you could look at like the Michael Jordan documentary where I think he had a financial stake in it um, or the Jeter documentary where he had a financial stake in it. Um, so I think those are situations where people get paid um, kind of like if they're writing their autobiography. And that's why you kind of have to take those things with a little bit of a grain of salt. I do think um, it's relevant that it's a paid spot. I mean, it's, it's, that's obvious that it's, you know, that's, that's news. Um, and uh, it's different um, because uh, he's part of the show, um, you know, and, and again, but I think that wait, to get to your question though, uh, Pat McAfee is not a journalist. It's a fine line, right? He's reported stuff um, as well, but that's the world we live in, right? Everyone kind of, it's weird. Everyone's sort of a reporter and people throw stuff out there. And then you know, I don't really like, you know, a sports journalist. It makes us like feel like we're so important. Like I, I, I'm a sports writer, sports reporter. That's how I look at it. But I do think that the standard that we kind of uphold is and should be different than, than if someone's just throwing stuff out on Twitter or, you know, can just like kind of say whatever they want and don't, don't do the due diligence. And I think like, even in this story with McAfee, like I, I contacted him. 
I contacted him first off because we communicated previously through direct message. And then I also reached out to ESPN to try to get him. And then he got back to me through DM and answered, you know, one question. Um, and so, uh, you know, that's, so I think that's like the difference between what he might be doing, uh, you know, with a, an interview or paying somebody for an interview or interviews and, and people who are contributors to his show. And when we do a story, uh, they're not contributors to our story. We're covering something. Uh, so I, I think there's a difference. All right, let's get to topic four, uh, the baseball playoffs uh, under route. My team is gone. No New York team, no Boston team, no L.A. team. But I have to tell you, we had uh, Rob Manfred, the MLB commissioner, on a couple of pods ago, and he talked about the playoffs uh, last season, and he talked about how the the Philadelphia market, which is not one of the, the premier markets, but it really generated – a level of excitement and revenue for, for the league. And I can see that again with those home fans and the, the, the Phillies and the, just the, the, the way they play it. I think that the, the, the numbers on television aren't doing great, but there appears to be a little, lot of excitement around the, uh, the playoffs to me. Yeah. I mean, look, the, the thing about baseball, it's a local sport, but it's national. And what I mean by that is that it's it's as, like these little tribes in, in every city that gets excited, like in Baltimore this year with the Orioles run um, and then total flame out um, in the playoffs. <laughs> I, uh, the Rangers are good, apparently. I've, yes. And so, know, uh, <laughs> but, you know, you add all those up and they make a, a, a very successful sport. That said, nationally, you, it's hard to get a story that cuts through. Um, you know, the, the shows that we talk about, talk shows, you know, especially on TV, they don't really talk about baseball that much. I mean, Bryce Harper is an amazing story. If the Astros could come back in this series and you get a Phillies Astros World Series with Bryce Harper kind of doing what he's doing, I think that will have some buzz. I mean, and I do think, and we may not see it this year, but I do think the shorter games are going to help them on a national level. The fact that they kept the pitch clock, I think, was very smart because someone like you or me, with no rooting interest may stick with it, knowing we could be done before 11 o'clock and it might not be like, this is a marathon and um, you know, I'm going to be dead tired the next day because I got to get up early. And so I do think that's a big plus for baseball and for um, the television providers from Turner to Fox. Andrew, this pod has been uh, a ton of people uh, leaving Steven Espinoza, Crystal Plaka, well, Barry Melrose announced his retirement as uh, from ESPN. Uh, of course, a legendary hockey analyst for ESPN, suffering from Parkinson's disease. We have, we of course wish him the best on, on that. What what a career! Great career. You know, it's sad news um, because of the reason. Um, but I thought the tributes to Barry Melrose were very appropriate, and the um, thing that stood out in these situations to me. You know, we can talk about what you see on the air and he had the Levy Lounge and great relationship with Steve Levy and John Bucci Gross and, and others, Scott Van Pelt. Um, but what stood out from what you could tell from people who work with him is what type of guy Barry Melrose is. And to me, that's far more important than what you do on the air, but how you treat people, what people think of you. And there was an outpouring um, and he did coach Wayne Gretzky. But to have Wayne Gretzky do the voiceover for it was special um, as well. Um, and so, like you said, we wish uh, Barry um, the best. Um, and hopefully he, you know, in retirement um, can 
you know, can deal with Parkinson's as well as anybody can. Yeah, I've seen uh, Parkinson's affect uh, many families, uh, including my mother, who is uh, suffering from Parkinson's. So it's, uh, you know, nothing but uh, well wishes to to Barry as as he fights this. John, before we go, I also want to say, you know, congrats to Chris LaPlaca um, on his career um, because, uh, you know, I've known like you, Chris, for a long time. uh, And uh, he's, you know, again, this is the blood and guts of ESPN. He's been the longest tenured person there. Um, Been some difficult times. Um, I think a part of him maybe wishes he might have left a year earlier because we went over the Mike Soltis situation, another a PR person who was let go during the layoffs. Uh, but uh, Chris had to deal with that. I know that was difficult um, on a number of levels, um, but uh, Mike was really classy through all that. And Chris has had um, a great career and treated people well, could get mad. Um, often we've gone back and forth, uh, but always professional. Um, and the thing about ESPN, and this is something they shouldn't lose when they lose the little placas. I think it's very important for them to have at the top. They need people who want to, who bleed ESPN. You know, I think sometimes in corporations, they can kind of you have people from here. You can have people from there, not understanding the DNA of the place uh, like La Placa, you know, does. Um, and, uh, and Soltis did. Um, and so uh, I think that's important as they go forward in this new frontier with DTC and, maybe new partners. Most of all, I just want to say, you know, give my best to Chris on, on his career. And who bleeds ESPN and who knows ESPN more than 43 year uh, long employees. Uh, just an amazing run by both Chris and, and Mike Soltis, who uh, uh, gets a, yet another shout out on the pod. Andrew, the end of another pod. Always great to see you, man. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, next time, hopefully you can uh, find time for Eli Manning. Um, and so <laughs> Eli, and, I'm sorry. <laughs> By the way, Eli's window was very, very tight. Whatever. You listen, you, you said like, I got a flight. If Eli can do it at these times. So was your window. Your window was very tight as well. Chris, Chris Mason, EC Wyatt, they run the show. You know, they're, we're, they're just sitting there by their, we're all just sitting here on zoom, uh, waiting for John just to show up all day. Uh, and then he, he finally does. In fact, I might not even do I might not even do the show next week. I might move to L.A., man. It's nice here. I love L.A. There you go. All right. Thanks, everybody. Like, subscribe, uh, and give a nice review. It's very much appreciated. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Your uh, newsletter, which comes out Monday mornings. I read it every Monday morning, Andrew. New York Sports Post Plus talked about ESPN's That was coming. so close. You want to keep that in? Because it's, it's New York Post Plus. Sports. Look, <laughs> this is for bloopers. New York. It's New York. We're going to do this over. But it's yeah. New York Post Sports Plus. It's Too a many novel. words, man. All right. We're very professional on the, uh, the pod. I'm talking to next week's uh, um, special guest co-host, uh, Rob Thune of uh, DirecTV. We have an audience. We have a live studio audience, AC. He hasn't laughed at any of my jokes. <laughs>